Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast for Real Life Church Pullman. We exist to help people know and become like Jesus. Hey, we've purposely carved out this Advent time, and again, a lot of you are familiar with this rhythm of church that every Christmas time there's four weeks where we kind of take time to reflect on the coming coming king. And uh, we all know the story, but uh, that's our preparation. We just want to give you at least an hour a week in the midst of all your other preparation, trying to get ready for physically for family and travel and all those things to... Uh, at least take an hour, carve out an hour to kind of reflect on really what Christmas is about. And uh, we're going to continue that theme this morning, uh, second week of four. I want us to kind of focus on three words. Uh, those three words are humility, mystery, and wonder. Uh, that kind of became the, the words that popped out at me as I thought about what I was sharing this morning and two questions that go along with it that kind of feed those words, that encapsulate those words. And that is, the first one is, is God's part in this story, Jesus' part in this story. And that question is, why did Jesus come the way he did? Um, we'll uh, dive into that. And then the second question is Mary's part. And really part of that is why Mary. But maybe the bigger question is, is there really a connection for us with Mary? Are we somehow, can we relate to Mary's situation? You might immediately say, well, obviously not, but I think we'll be surprised at the way that uh, God tries to make that connection for us. Uh, So let me pray before we dig into the text. Uh, Father, thank you for this season. Thank you that we have a chance every year to think about uh, the God that we love, the God that loves us. Uh, I pray you'd make this story come alive, maybe in a different way than we've looked at it before. Uh, pray that you'd uh, give life to the words that are spoken and make it personal for each person uh, here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first part, we all know the story. The story's pretty uh, familiar to us, the facts of the story. You know, God did come in the flesh. God became human, astounding in itself. We could spend our time just talking about that, the whole incarnation. Do we minimize how incredible that story is, that God became uh, flesh. Uh, the God, we know he was born in Bethlehem. He was born of a virgin. He was born in a manger. <laughs> uh, those, are, those are the facts of the story. But have you ever stopped to ask or to consider why he came? Not, let me rephrase that. Not why he came, but why he came the way he did. Uh, he came as a baby. I mean, just think about that for a minute. God of the universe became a baby, born of a woman, born of a virgin. Uh, <laughs> literally dependent, his whole survival depended on, I'm just going to throw an age out there, maybe 14-year-old teenage girl. He's depending on her for his very survival. She has to nurse him to keep him alive. She has to you know, protect him. She has to keep him warm. She has to wipe him, change his diapers every day. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The God of the universe, why would he submit himself to that? He didn't have to. That's part of the astounding part of the story. He didn't have to. If, if God's goal was to be human, to be God in the flesh, he didn't have to do it that way. He, I, I mean, there's lots of ways he could have done it. 
If his goal was to be known, if his goal was to be God in the flesh, he could have, oh, I don't know, let's consider a few options. How about great thunder and lightning storm with a booming voice coming out of the sky? That would be effective. This is God. Just want you to know. Don't want you to miss me coming to a home near you. Uh, just want you to know I'm here. I'm coming. Whatever that was, that would have been effective. Or maybe sky riding. Maybe in your own language, you look up in the sky and you just see, this is God. I'm writing you a love letter. Just letting you know I am going to be a human being. Hmm, astounding. We couldn't miss that one. Uh, and he certainly could have chosen a better place. He chose a remote part of nowhere to be born where it was Joseph, Mary, and a few shepherds were the only ones that even knew about it. I'd have sent out some, some announcements. God, coming to Bethlehem. Don't miss it. Come, crowd. Be a great event. No, it was in seclusion. I mean, just think about the way he did what he did. And shepherds were the only ones. Shepherds weren't even high enough on the social scale. Uh, they couldn't even give testimony at trial. They weren't considered worthy enough. Uh, but that was his way uh, of doing it. Uh, he certainly could have picked a better time. I mean, <laughs> what's going on 2,000 years ago? Again, he's in isolation. There's no newspapers. There, how many people knew about Jesus alone, even the rest of his life, let alone his birth? Uh, no internet, no TV, no... <laughs> he could have. He could have chosen to just appear all at once to everyone everywhere. Like today, that'd be awesome. Ding! Ooh, <laughs> This is God. Everyone's seen the same message. I want you to know, maybe your smartphone, maybe your TV, maybe it'd be the most viral video ever. Uh, did you see God yesterday? Your phone too? Amazing. We couldn't have missed it. <laughs> well, what if the reason for coming was not so much to be known? Because being known would be easy for God. He could have done it a lot of different ways. But knowing us, what if his main reason for coming was to know us, to know us intimately, to know what it's like to be us? Then that changes the whole uh, narrative. See, the only thing that God could not do as God was to know what it's like to be human unless he became one of us, became and experienced everything that we experience. Uh, <laughs> you know, he experienced, just think about it. I, th I think Jesus wanted to experience what it's like to be a totally dependent baby where your survival depends on somebody else. You're out of control in your own ability to survive without a mother and a father. Um, I think he wanted to know what it's like to grow up, to go through what all of us have gone through. I think he even, strange as it may sound, I think he wanted to know what it's like to be a teenager to experience raging hormones, to wonder, well, where do I fit in? Is this crowd, that crowd, who, who accepts me, who doesn't accept me? Um, it's probably why there's almost nothing recorded about his life from age about two, which is what uh, probably the, when the wise men came and visited him. From that stage until he's 30 years old, we get almost nothing. There's one story when he's 12 years old and he appears in the temple talking to religious leaders, and then that's it, back into, back home in Nazareth and in seclusion for 12 or 18 more years. I mean, uh, just think about that. Why? Why would he do that unless 
he wanted to know us intimately. Uh, I think ultimately why he experienced all that, because he also experienced this. He experienced, he was a refugee for two years of his life. Uh, he was born very poor. Uh, he knows what it's like to be betrayed, to be un, uh, to have people not value him. Even his own family didn't believe in him. He, wanted, he experienced being wrongly accused, persecuted, tortured, even death. Why? I think because he didn't want any of us to be able to say to him, but God, you don't know what it's like to, and just put in the blank. I don't think there's anything we can put in that blank that God couldn't say in one way or another. I know what that's like. I know what you experienced. I mean, that's astounding that we have a God that wants to know us that intimately when he didn't have to. Uh, I'm going to dwell on that. That's something that just kind of popped out at me this week on... Yeah, the story of Jesus coming as a baby, that's awesome. But why that way? Because he wanted, he's a God of incredible humility that he would subject himself to that, but also just makes us wonder. And it's a great mystery that a God would do that. That's a God that loves us, that came to us. Um, that's what I'm going to dwell on a little more this holiday season. Uh, well, with that in mind... We want to turn to Mary's part of the story. Uh, that's what we're going to focus on tonight, uh, today. And in thinking about it, is it possible that there's some connection with us? Is it, do we share some of what's going on with Mary? Um, and I think you'll find it surprising. Uh, there's so much we could talk about. I'll, I'll highlight a few other things because Mary's story really begins with Zechariah and Elizabeth, who are the mother and father of John the Baptist. And it starts in Luke 1. I'm not going to go through the verses. I'm just going to highlight the story. But I think it helps frame the Mary story a little bit. Um, Because Gabriel, the angel, appeared uh, to Zechariah. He was a uh, a priest in the line of Aaron. He was serving in the temple. And uh, this particular time of year, they were having a festival. And this is the one time that somebody, by they cast lots and one of the People serving in the temple gets to be the one who goes in and lights the incense in the Holy of Holies. Like very few <coughs> ever have the privilege of entering that space. But that, was, that fell on Zechariah this day. And for years they've been wanting children, but Elizabeth was too far along. She was barren, uh, too old to have kids, even though they've been praying for it for years. I don't know if that sounds like any other story, but I think God's good at entering scenes that seem impossible. Uh, So Gabriel appears to Zechariah and says, God has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth in her old age is going to give birth to a son. You're to name him John, and he is going to be the one who turns people to the Son of God who's to come. Your job is to prepare the way for this God who will become God in the flesh. Um, (laughs) And then... Like you and I and anyone else might say, well, how is this going to happen, Gabriel? Because I'm way too old again. Is this remind you of any other stories? And, uh, and it, it's interesting because Abraham had the same conversation with uh, people that told him he was going to, God told him directly, you're going to have a child. He had the same question, how can that be? Mary will have the same question. We'll see that shortly. 
<laughs> Somehow, Gabriel's in a bad mood or something today because when Zachariah asks the question, well, how's that possible? My wife's barren and we haven't... Boom, you're mute. And he makes... <laughs> can't speak. Well, he's... You know, he's been talking with an angel, which is not part of the normal going and light the incense, which takes not very long. So people are wondering where he's at. And uh, he finally, when he comes out of the temple inner sanctum there, he can't speak. And people are wondering what's going on, and I'm sure he's communicating, letting Elizabeth know what's going on, but he can't speak. Uh, and that's the state that he's in. That's the experience that Zechariah is in. He will not be able to speak until the eighth day of John the Baptist till he goes to be circumcised. Then God gives him the ability to speak, and I think he made up for lost time because they were going to name John something else. And he goes, nope, oh, hey, look, named it John. Well, that was Zachariah's story and Elizabeth's story. Uh, that's what she was experiencing. And I just a little side note, Joseph, let's not leave Joseph out of the picture. Again, an interesting connection. Joseph, the guy who had a, a dream, um, God told him in a dream. What's interesting, he was betrothed to marry a virgin, to be married. Uh, he may be closer to 30 years old, kind of typical age difference there. But I never noticed this really before. <laughs> he didn't know about this thing going on until Mary actually became pregnant. That's the first he heard of it. It's like, what? Hello? He wasn't given advance notice. I mean, how does he handle this thing? God had to appear to him in a dream and settle him down and say, it's okay. Take her to be your wife. This is, this is of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then he had another dream, by the way. Oh, Joseph and dreams. And this dream, he, he and uh, Mary and Jesus had to flee to Egypt. Sounds like another Joseph having a dream going to Egypt. <laughs> There's a story for another day. But uh, that frames kind of the story. Those are the other characters involved. So I want to dig into the Mary story in uh, Luke 1, 26. Follow along here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, same angel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. A little time out. Galilee, just to remind ourselves, Galilee's in the far north. There's Jerusalem down here, kind of lower south part of Israel. Galilee is the north part of Israel. That's where Jesus hung out a lot of times. That's where he was raised in Nazareth. So this is where that takes place. We'll get to that in a minute, but Elizabeth's down here in Judea. So they're, they're cousins, by the way. They know each other. They grew up together. Um, and I think Mary, just keep that in mind, Mary knows Elizabeth's situation. Um, but here's, a, here's the conversation that goes on. To a virgin uh, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Sometimes we just read that and go, oh, that's nice. I mean, imagine you're just in your room somewhere, or you're sitting in your house, and an angel appears. I mean, that in itself would be a little troubling, terrifying. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but his greeting was, greetings. You who are highly favored, God is with you. <laughs> what are you going to do with that one? It's like... Why? I'm just, I'm Mary. I'm a 14-year-old. What, what is this angel doing? Maybe she's just wondering why God is pointing her out. Um, it says at the end of that, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. <clears throat> then it goes on, but the angel said to her, 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. I mean, so that's the added message. I mean, again, try to put ourselves in Mary's situation here. <laughs> what? She's a little overwhelmed. Uh, she hadn't even gotten married yet, but she's, I'm sure in her mind she's thinking, oh my gosh, could this really be true? An angel of God tells me that my son, and I'm sure she's thinking Joseph and I, will have a son who's to be the king that everybody's talked about for generations, the one that's going to come in the line of David, the one that's going to rule forever. That's what he's saying her son was going to be. And I think that's where she kind of limited it to. But the angel goes on. Well, she says, she responds, as logically, how will this be, Mary, to ask the angel, since I'm a virgin? <laughs> and the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Again, 14-year-old girl. It's enough to tell me that maybe I'm going to be blessed enough to have the future king, but you're telling me as a virgin you're going to overpower me with the Holy Spirit and I'm going to conceive and this is going to be literally the son of God. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy thought. If she wasn't troubled before, uh, she should be now. But the uh, angel goes on, kind of enforcing, reinforcing the narrative. 136 even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And then what's Mary's response? What would your response be? Well, just, it's amazing that she responds this way. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Uh, that in itself is astounding to me. But that's, that's the conversation. That's the information she has. And what does she, what does she do next? What's Mary, what's Mary going to do? Well, she packs a bag, and she immediately, it says in the text, immediately goes to visit Elizabeth. She got a... Elizabeth, I got some news. Apparently you had some news. Um, so she travels a couple days down to Judea and appears in the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah. At the sixth month, still the sixth month. <laughs> and then we have this exchange where Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and, and says, when you came in, the child in me leaped in my womb. Um, and then she goes on to confirm, yes, the child you are going to have is going to be God's very son. And my son is going to pave the way for your son. We can kind of read between the lines. There's not all of that narrative in there, but they had to have a, a bit of a conversation. Um, <laughs> and Mary's blown away. And then, and then it goes into Mary's song, Mary's response to this. Now it's been confirmed with Elizabeth. And I was going to reference it, but I thought, I'll just read it. Let's just read it together. Just contemplate. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. And this is her response in uh, Luke 1.46. Mary said, my, Lord glorif my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. 
for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. (coughs) He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. <clears throat> I want to end there for just a second. Um, <laughs> I mean, you listen to that, and if you read it again, you just notice it's just filled with amazing humility. That what's going to happen to her is astounding, but she doesn't say, look at me. She says, "Ah, thank you for recognizing your humble servant. I will take this place. But she gives him all the praise. She starts talking about what an amazing God he is and what he's going to do, not about her. That's Mary's position. And then, again, using those words, imagine the mystery that's going on here. How is this ever going to happen? Because she's not pregnant yet. And just the wonder of what the next year is going to look like. Well, the last verse in that, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. I never saw that before. So she didn't go down and visit, go back home. She stayed until John the Baptist was born. She wanted to kind of see that fulfilled. Nowhere in the text does it say when she became pregnant. Could have happened during those three months. Kind of, that would have been a mystery. Hey, Mary. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it happened as she went back. Maybe she was home. Not, maybe not important for the story, but just, again, interesting to think about when that moment occurred to her, what that would have been like. Oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant. She knows it came from God. But, yeah, oh, my gosh, uh, there it is. <clears throat> well, what's a, what possible connection could we have <coughs> to Mary in this story. Why? Well, I, I think I think it could be found in a couple verses here. Luke 1, 30. Uh, we already read this one, but when the angel comes to Mary, he says, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have, been, you have found favor with God. We think about our connection to God. It starts with God's favor. God chooses us. We don't choose him. That favor is unmerited grace. It's, that's how we connect to God. And then Luke one forty five. This is what uh, Elizabeth declared in their little exchange. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So you who are chosen by God by grace believed in him. God's word will come true in your life. Uh, I think that's the same message to us. Uh, but more more profoundly, <laughs> oh, I might, I might just say, by the way, a lot of thought out there, maybe old tradition, that, well, Mary must have been sinless to give birth to a sinless God. Uh, and I think that's counter to this whole narrative. I think it's important that Mary was totally human, that she was like us. The only thing that set her apart is that God just chose her for this role. 
not because of anything she's done, but because I have given you my favor. You will believe in me, and this will come true for you. And it's interesting because Jesus reaffirms that um, in uh, Luke eleven twenty seven. Jesus speaking to the crowd, and uh, while he's speaking, didn't even know the topic, he's just talking like he does to a large crowd, and suddenly, kind of one of the first hecklers, I guess, uh, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. I mean, she's given praise really to Mary. And Jesus, what would his response be? He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. He's not diminishing Mary by any means. She's his mother. He loves her. He cherishes her. But he also limits her station. Says she is... She is greatly blessed to be the one to give birth to me. But blessed are anyone at the same level. Blessed are you if you believe what I tell you, if you follow me. Um, and then again, Matthew twelve forty eight. Uh, he's at a he's in a house speaking to a crowd again, and uh, somebody comes in and says, "Hey, Jesus, your father or your mother and your." Brothers are outside, they want to speak to you. And maybe our thought would be, oh, well, please usher them in. They are, let's have a time out. Family's here. <laughs> but he didn't say that. It says, he replied to them, <coughs> who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, and I don't think it limits it to the 12. I think it meant anybody that was following him in that room. He says, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother. Um, Jesus kind of clarifies that in another part of the Gospels where he says, hey, the, the, work, the work that you need to do, the will of my father is to believe in the one he has sent. So if you believe in the one he sent, you are my mother, you are my brothers, you are my sisters. Um, so he's not putting Mary in his place, he's just putting us in her place, he's telling us that we are as highly favored as she is, if we get it, if we understand it. And then finally, most astounding, the result of Mary's favor, the result of Mary's believing and submitting herself to God, she got to carry Jesus inside of her. Well, guess what? Same result for us. Uh, (laughs) This Christmas, maybe we could dwell on that fact for a little while. Imagine how astounding it was for Mary to think about that. Well, think about it for yourself. The creator of the universe didn't just come to be one of us, didn't just come to live on earth and die for our sins and make it possible for us to be with him. But ultimately the result is he will come live in us. We will carry Jesus in us. We are highly favored. We are, if we believe in him, if we trust him for our lives. He dwells in us. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, we're like Mary in that. We get to carry Jesus. We get to show that to the world. Um, It's it's astounding to think about. That's the kind of God that loves us, that we get a chance to be in relationship, who's that intimate, who's that amazingly humble and mysterious and leaves us (laughs) with wonder. Uh, That's what I want us to dwell on today, uh, this week, in the next two weeks. 
Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by going to rlcpullman.com or by following us on Facebook or YouTube. Until next time, have a great week.